All right. Starting a new series on the book of James. And uh, today the title is The Faith to Endure. You know, I, I think when it comes to talking about trials and enduring, we'd rather talk about how to avoid the trials. I mean, how many of you enjoy going through trials? Nobody? You're missing it. He says, count it all what? Joy. <laughs> but none of us like trials, but they're unavoidable. They're always there. They're always going to happen. Things are going to go on that we, we have to push through. So we'll, we'll talk about how to get through them so that as we continue to grow in the Lord, we can still be a witness to the world. Amen. We want to maintain our witness. We want to maintain letting our light shine before men and endure the trials that we're going through so that we don't lose it when we're in a trial, so that people don't, don't turn and walk away. Uh-oh, here he comes. You know, he's going through something. You can see it on the How many of you men have ever, you know, you work and you come home to your wife and, and you look at your wife and you go, uh? Because <laughs> you know something happened, but you don't know what, because you can tell by the expression on their face. And you know, you know, and... I know Donda. I left the house one day, and she was all bright and cheery, made me breakfast and stuff, and and um, then I called her in the in the middle of the day, and I and the world was falling apart. I'm like, what happened? She's like, what do you mean, what happened? I'm like, you were all good this morning. What happened? And she's like, you know, you're right. And she really, it's just an attack from the enemy. You know, that comes to try to steal, kill, and destroy, amen? Tries to break our attitudes, tries to break our spirit, and, and that's when we got to know, be aware in our own spirit of what's happening around us so that we can stand up against it, amen? The devil can't bully you unless you let him. But I can see, Susan, somebody smacking you, and you're going to smack him back. <laughs> you don't got to take it from the devil, amen? You're... You're stronger than that. Remember, he's a created being. He's not a God. He's a created being. He's not stronger than our God. He's not stronger than Jesus. And we have been empowered with the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. So we have more power than the devil. Not to say that he's not powerful and you better know what fight you're getting into. But you have power. You have authority. Amen. And you can change the atmosphere of where you are. All right, so we're going to read James chapter 1, 1 through 8, if you stand with me. And um, it starts off with a greeting from James. This letter is from James. Who's it from? James. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> this letter is from James, a slave of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings. Faith and endurance. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we don't want to be unstable. We want to be able to endure this life, Father God, that we could, Lord, let our light shine before men, that we could walk in this joy that you've talked about today, and Lord, that we can endure to the end till you come again, or we go to you, Father God. I pray that our faith would endure this life, Father God, so that we can get to the next one. So, Father, I pray we, as we open our hearts to your word today that you would speak to us and guide us and direct us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Now, who is the man writing to us about trials today? James. James. Everybody say, James. This is the half-brother of Jesus. Now, many people don't realize that Mary only stayed a virgin till Jesus was born, that she had many more kids. Uh, there's even a mention of a daughter in there. Um, she didn't die a virgin. And I know that some, some denominations will teach you that she died a virgin, and that's not true, okay? Because we're looking at her brother, I mean, her other son right here, right now. And it's funny how they referred to him, James, the half-brother of Jesus, because his father, he had a different father. See, man? So he knew, he knew what trials were. Christians in this season of when he wrote this were very persecuted. You know, you had guys like Paul running around arresting Christians, putting them in jail. And uh, it was an intense time. And so he knew what trials and tribulations were. And he prayed so much that they nicknamed him James the Just. And he was head of the church in Jerusalem. So the outgoing priest, Ananus, had it in for him, didn't like him. Had him thrown off the temple mount at the pinnacle. And I, I wonder how far that was. So I started looking up from the, from the pinnacle down. Now, the pinnacle was above the Kidron Valley, and they said it's a 450-foot fall. So they threw him off of the pinnacle of the temple because he was James the Just and he prayed and he was a man of God. The fall did not kill him though. So he got up on to his knees and he began to pray for the people that had threw him off. He began to pray in the, in the way that Jesus prayed. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He began to intercede for them and they started throwing stones at him because he didn't die. And one of the priests said, stop, stop, stop. He's praying for us. But a, a, a launderer man took a club and beat him to death. He was a martyr. Why am I telling you this? They wanted him to denounce Christ. And he would not. Like I said, even after they threw him down, he went into prayer. Begin to intercede. Father, forgive them. I think we can learn from such a man on how to go through trials because he's qualified. He lived it, and it shows us a more excellent way to go. Remember, he was a man of prayer. He prayed so much that they called him James the Just. Would anybody accuse you of praying too much? So it's in this study that, you know, we can learn how we should go through trials. 
and still keep pressing on and never deny Christ. Amen. Even in the opening greeting, he, he does, you know, James, he's, he says, I'm James. He doesn't say, I'm James, the brother of Jesus. He doesn't name drop. <laughs> you know, hey, look at me. I'm the brother of Jesus. I know what I'm talking about. Listen to me. He doesn't do that. He declares, I'm a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. A slave or, you know, in some versions it says a bondservant. You know, a bondservant is, is a slave. In some Bibles, the, the word bondservant is the translation of the word doulos, which means one who's subservient to and entirely at the disposal of his master, a slave. Are we entirely at the disposal of our master Jesus? He was. He was sold out for the Jesus, for Jesus, and he writes from that perspective. So you, I, want to, I want you to know who he is because he's writing from the, you were hearing the writing of a man that's totally sold out to Jesus. That's who he is. It can be hard to understand some people's perspective when they're not the, in the same position as we are. You know, and it, and it can be hard, but we can learn from James. The more sold out to Jesus, I believe the greater understanding that you'll have of, of the word of God. The more you're sold out, the more you'll get into the word, the more you'll get that understanding out of it. Not just to read it, but to do it. Because it's one thing to read it, it's another thing to do it. That we actually fall into the role of a slave of Jesus Christ. It was written, it's written in there that the, the, the believers were scattered abroad. Believers, non-believers were, they were scattered abroad. Well, here we are all the way over in Corona, California from Jerusalem. He was the head of the church at Jerusalem. And so I think like he's writing to me. It's like, hey, Ron, I'm a slave to Jesus and to God the Father. I look at it as I've been engrafted into the family of God, amen? And when you believe in Jesus, you're engrafted into the family of God and what Jesus has done for you. So let's take a journey through the book of James together and take part in what he wants to impart to us that we could continue to grow. And number one, after a drink of water, number one, James said, Consider it a great joy when you go through trials or tribulations. How many of you have been going through some trials? How many have you been going through some tribulations? How many of you have been going through some temptations? I asked my staff the other day, what is your greatest temptation? You know, because we all get tempted. But uh, trials... These days seem to be going around like, like, get in line, here's another one. You know? And we're not all going through a bunch of different things. We're all going through the same things, you know? And there seems to be just the trials and the, and the division that the enemies tried to create in the church. Vaccine, no vaccine, mask, no mask. You know, do what you want. Somebody tried to pin me down the other day about predestination now I'm not a Calvinist I'm Armenian in, in thought P predestination comes from the Calvinist thinking that we're all predestined by God that there's only specific people that God has chose that are going to go to heaven I said well then what need to do evangelism He's, he says we don't know who's uh, predestined I said exactly 
We don't know. I said, because Calvinists don't believe in the Holy Spirit and the gifts. They believe they died. So I said, a better conversation would be if we could talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues, do signs, wonders, miracles. And I, well, I said, I can't decide who's predestined, but I can help people get filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And uh, the subject wanted to change real quick, you know. But let's establish something before we go any further into the book of James. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 15. He says, For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. This is something you need to remember when we're talking about trials. The hard part for us is to find the joy in it. So, so that we can continue to press forward and into what God has for us. That's the hard part for us. Now, if you notice over here, Scott and Vicki Allen aren't here today. They're on vacation for two weeks. They might be gone. They're gone today. Maybe three Sundays, I think they're gone. And a couple of weeks ago, Scott and I went to lunch. And they're driving. And he was having a problem with his car. That when he was started up, it was smoke. But it only smoked at the beginning, the first startup of the day. So you know about car problems, right? <laughs> and he, she's been having some car issues. So what he did is the, the dealer said, it never smokes when you bring it in. And so Scott let it sit for a couple of days, and he got the video camera out there, and his wife got in there, started the car, and a big old puff of white smoke come out. And it just continued for a few seconds, and he filmed the whole thing. Took it to the dealer and said, there, there's your white smoke. And they said, oh, you got a blown motor. He said, really? They go, yeah. And so, you know, Scott's had issues through the years with some cars, and he said, so what do I do? And I said, well, you're in luck. Your, your warranty covers it. So we're going to put a new motor in there. So Scott's like, yeah, I'm getting a new motor. I'm going on vacation in a new motor. He's driving to Florida today. But that's not where the story ends. So we have lunch, and he says, yeah, the car's in the shop. And I said, is it going to be ready for vacay? And he's like, I don't know. And I, I was like, well, I'd probably be calling. He goes, I told the Lord I wasn't going to call. I was just going to trust. If you're watching, Scott, so I'm just going to trust the Lord in this. I said, okay. So I, I hit him up on Monday. Hey, did you get your car back yet? No, nope, not yet. Hey, Tuesday. Hey, how's it going, Scott? No car. I'm like, then he texts me on Wednesday. Hey, my car's not going to be ready. I'm like, oh, man. And he goes, but the warranty covers a rental car. I said, really? He goes, yeah. So he went and he picked up a brand new SUV on Friday. And so instead of taking his car and putting all those miles to Florida and back, he's going to drive that nice rental SUV, brand new, all the way across the country. <laughs> See, it's kind of like you're talking about, Lewis. You know, you can't lose your joy in the midst of it. And I saw Scott. I don't know how he was with him and his wife. But with me, he was like, I'm just trusting God. But I'm pretty sure he trusted God at home. 
And, and that's, that's how it, it needs to be. We need to maintain our joy. And joy is your defense mechanism against the trials that the enemy is, of your soul is trying to bring against you. You know, because, you know, the thought goes, well, I'll rent a car, I'll spend all that money. And I, I'm driving across the country in a few weeks too, and I know what it would cost to rent a car because I look. Like, woo, no, I don't want to do that. And, uh, but when you're walking in the joy of the Lord, it does not mean trials won't come. And I've talked to a number of you lately, and there's been trials after trial after trial. If it's not you, it's your kids. If it's not your kids, it's your grandkids. And if it's not your grandkids, it's your mom or dad. You know? <laughs> there's trials around the table. You know, it just, it's like, get in line. But when you walk with joy, it's amazing what God will do. It means that you and I are going to go with joy so that we allow God to move on our behalf and see what he does. And you can do it. Now, we, we need to keep coming together, keep encouraging one another so that we don't get locked into our own selves so that we can rub off on each other in the house of God to maintain that joy. Because, I, I mean, I look at Andy today, she's smiling. <laughs> but I know that with her car, they went through it, and then we were all together yesterday, and then they called her on the way home and said, yeah, well, the timing belt, another $1,800. You know, so it's like, it just continues. But, I mean, I don't know what she did to you at home yesterday, Ed, but she was good in the car, huh? <laughs> Now, you don't rejoice because you have a car accident, amen? You don't rejoice. Oh, I had a car accident. Oh, goody. <laughs> I don't rejoice in that, but I do rejoice that I walk away. Amen. amen? We had one young lady here one time, man, and, and she told her car, I mean, just smashed up, but she walked away from it. You know, she couldn't rejoice that she lost her car, but she could rejoice that she walked away, amen? And that's what it's about. You know, you don't rejoice because you got sick, Charlie. You rejoice because the Lord God's your healer, amen? And I look out here, the people that have had, had COVID and all that, that have been healed. I look at Joe, who has everything they say, don't, if you have that, don't get COVID or you'll die, and Joe's here today. Amen, amen. You know, God is good, amen? And so we've got to learn, as we flow with the joy of the Lord, it doesn't matter what the trial is. If we maintain our joy, God's going to bring you through it. But if you come into agreement with the enemy's trying to do, you're going to lose your joy, and you're going to be sick, sad, and sorry. You will. you got to maintain your joy. It's just something that we have to have in our lives in order to continue to press forward with God that we can thrive in this land. Now, joy means this. It's up there. It says cheerfulness. Be cheerful. That is, oh, look at that, calm delight. You don't have that look like you're unapproachable. You know what that look is, right? I, I told you that in the beginning. But you're glad. You're great gladness greatly to be exceeding joy joyful joyfully full joyfulness joyous joy everybody say joy, joy. this is how we're going to go through temptations amen trials i mean trials 
you're going to go through it joyfully. You're going to smile. You're going to put on the good look. You know, like, like when they're fasting. Jesus said, hey, when you're fasting, don't go around and go, oh, I'm fasting. Wash your face. Put some oil on. You know, smell good. Hey, how are you today? And don't tell anybody. Joy, joy, joy. But you're not meant to do this on your own. You know, as we talked about last week, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Amen? It's in you already. This joy is in you already. So, and remember, it's love, joy, and peace. And as the commentators say, this is our attitude towards who? God. Somebody said it over there. I heard it. God. Our joy is about our attitude towards God. So when when you say, well, I have nothing to be joyful about, then you're saying, I'm not joyful about God. That's what you're saying. Because if love, joy, and peace reflects your attitude towards God, I can always be joyful. Because God's always God. God's never changing. God's always there. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. So I can maintain joy. Can I hear an amen? Amen. We can walk in joy. We can be the most joyful people in the community because we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God and I can't even get this smile off my face right now. (laughs) Joy is something that we can do. We can do this, amen? Because, you know, joy in the trial takes us into number two, the testing of your faith produces How many of you are filled with patience? You lied to me if you didn't raise your hand. You all have patience. You all have patience. Remember, love, joy, peace, and then it gets into long-suffering, Charlie. Long-suffering, which is what? Patience. So if you have the Spirit, you have what? You're learning. You have patience. It's in you. You have patience. Patience patience for people. The patience described here is something of an assurance that God's in control. You have an assurance in you that God's in control, so you're patiently waiting on him. I used to get so mad at Delanda. I mean, when we were young, she was always late. I mean, she's late now once in a while. She's gotten a hundred times better. When we were young, we were kids. I mean, we got married at 19, you know. And then when we were 20, we moved out to Lake Matthews. It was 22 miles to church. And I would, it'd be an argument all the way to church. And then when we got here, I'm like, here, hold my hand. She's like, I'm not touching you. <laughs> I'm like, come on, don't act like that. Oh, man. She's like, did you hear yourself all the way here, man of God? So the Lord dealt with me about this because I would, um, I would sleep as long as I could on Sunday mornings. And, and I, I knew I could 10 minutes shower, shave, put clothes on, be out the door. So that's what I would do. 10 minutes before it was time to leave, man, I'd hit the shower. Let's go. And she'd be looking at me. Really? You know, because she had to get the girls up. She had to get them bathed. She had to do their hair because my girls had the foo-foo hair. I mean, it was beautiful and 
um, you know, the fancy dresses, the lace dresses, the fur coats and stuff, you know. Remember that, Margaret, you know, way back when? Oh, my gosh. So the Lord dealt with me. He said, you know what, maybe if you got up earlier and you made breakfast, if you did their hair and, and got their clothes ironed and everything, it would help. Uh, oh. You know, that now I'm the problem. <laughs> it put patience in me. So I got up every Sunday morning and I did their hair, I curled it, I crimped it, I did everything to it, you know. I, I can't believe I even learned how to do that stuff, you know. I forgot, just, you know, don't get any ideas, I forgot. <laughs> My girls are 35 and 37 now, so I, I forgot. But if you know that God has got you in the midst of your trials, you can grow in faith and patience because you're not moved by what's going on in the midst of this trial, amen? You're trusting Jesus, and your joy is overflowing because, because of God being in your life. You have relationship. When we talked about patience last week, the notes in my Bible referred to it as how to deal with social relationships. Love, joy, and peace, relationship with God, patience, how to deal with each other. Patience. Think about your patience with the people around you. How patient are you with their transformation? You know, when, when one of your family members gets saved and, and you expect them to, to be like you, who you've been saved for 30 years, they've been saved for 10 minutes, and you're like, well, just quit. Just take him back in. He, you know, God will work in him now. Or take her back in. You know, we expect the people that we brought to church to get saved, and we expect them to be like us in an instant. How many of you were like us in an instant? It took time. And we're all still working on it. So we need to be patient for people that accept the Lord. Amen. We need to love them. We need to care for them. We need to nurture them. We need to be patient with them. Some things are quick in certain areas and slow in others. For me, it was my smoking, drinking, foul mouth, quick. Whoop, that day gone. Now, I wish I would have asked them to heal my marriage. You know, because at that point, Delanda was, um, she had the phone book marked up. Uh, for you young people, a phone book was a place we used to go. <laughs> Google didn't exist back then, neither did cell phones or, you know, I think maybe I might have had a pager on it. I mean, I might have had one of them, which scared me to death. Every time that pager went off on my hip, I thought something was crawling up my side. I'd freak out, man. I couldn't take it. But she had the phone book marked up where social services wise that I could go to work and she'd make all her phone calls and be gone by the time I got home. That's where our marriage was. That's how bad of a state we were in. So when I came back to the Lord, I asked him to take away my smoke and my drink and my foul mouth, and he did. I should have asked him, fix my marriage, I'll deal with that stuff on my own. You know? <laughs> I should have thrown it in with it because he's a God of more than enough, can handle more than enough. But um, so then, you know, we're in the church and we're working on our marriage. We're fighting all the way to church, you know, and uh, we're just, we're going through it. And, 
Sometimes it felt like we were just going through the motions, but we just kept coming and pressing and pressing. And then one day, Pastor Dave, at the time he asked me, he said, um, we'd like you to teach a class on marriage. I'm like, you guys aren't hearing correctly. <laughs> that was the first thought. I thought, oh boy. But you know, so we mapped out 52 weeks. I thought I'd teach it for a year. 52 weeks, five and a half years later, they asked me to do something else. I guess God figured I learned how to be married in five and a half years, and that's why I'm still here after 40 years, you know. But the patience part of it, it was challenging. We didn't change overnight, and people don't change overnight on everything. Now, smoking, drinking, and foul mouth. I worked for a pastor. On Friday, I had an ashtray on my machine filled with cigarettes. When I came in on Monday, I, had told, I went to every person in there in the shop and apologized to them if I'd ever said anything. I told them about my experience with God on Sunday, that I wouldn't be smoking or drinking anymore and foul mouth. I'm, and I'm really sorry if I ever offended you. I did that to every person in the shop with tears running down my cheeks as I shared with them. Freaked my, freaked my boss out. He was a pastor. It freaked him out. I don't know if he'd ever seen something like that happen. And he just stopped talking to me about God. It was really weird. But God did a transformation in me. But there's other things you've got to work with. And we've got to patient, be patient with people to work with them and to encourage them, to help build them up. Amen? Um, for some, there's a lot of renewing of the mind that needs to take place. A lot of rethinking things. And we have to be patient with people so that they have an opportunity to grow in Christ, to get where they, God wants them to be. Amen? Not everybody's going to be like you, so perfect. I didn't hear one amen, Charlie. Amen. <laughs> and I've heard it said that we should not ask God for patience because we will have to go through trials. That comes from negativity. A negative person. And you're like, I'm not negative. See, we're looking at the negative and not the positive of patience, of asking for patience. You already have it. It's just developing it in you because it's a fruit of the Spirit. You have the Spirit. You have patience. So the positive view is to look towards the promise. See, the promise here is one of the most powerful in the Bible. See, because the promise is to make you perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. But here, here's, I'm jumping ahead. Number three, a promise. Your endurance has a chance to grow. See, Matthew chapter 24, verse 13, I think it is. It says, let me look at my Bible here real quick. I just want to make sure I get that right. Those who endure to the end will be saved. Thirteen, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Matthew twenty four thirteen. He who endures to the end will be saved. So endurance is something that we all need, amen. But through trials, your endurance has a chance to grow. And what's important about that is that you may make it to the end. You may have the endurance to get to the end. You don't give up so easily, but you continue to trust God. You know that God has you in the palm of his hand, amen. You're right there. You're with God. 
You're enduring. And as you trust God, your faith and patience grows quickly through trials. Amen. You start trusting God through your trials, going through it with joy, and, and you'll be amazed at what he does. Amen. It's like when you start working out. How many of you like working out, lifting weights? You know, you go through that, you start going, and you feel that burn. You feel sore. You get up the next morning, and, you, and you're crying because you can't move. You worked out your legs the day before, and they're burning, and they won't move that next day. You're like, get out of bed. Get out of bed. Get out of bed. <laughs> Sounds like we got some gym members here today. <laughs> and you keep going to the gym. You keep going through that pain. And you start gaining endurance. And pretty soon you start burning fat. And you start losing pounds. Amen. You endure through the tough days. And you become a lean, mean, fighting machine. Amen. You're ready to go. You're ready to run. You're like, I can do this. And you're, at, you're on that treadmill going, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> you're trying. See, but with your endurance comes a confidence in who Jesus is in you. So that number four, you will be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. Amen. That's where we want to get to. These are some strong promises that we can look forward to as we walk in the joy of the Lord, going through our trials, enduring what's going on, pressing through, amen? And when, when, I, when I say endure, Ron, I don't mean, you know, laying down and let the enemy beat you up. I mean, you're pressing into him, you just keep going. You know, you ever watch them, them old movies where they're, they're going north to Alaska and they're, they're going for the gold and they're walking up that one trail through the snow, you know? It's only about this wide and... And they're just walking up them steps, going up to, man, what was that place they were going to? Dawson, Dawson City. And they're going up that little trail up the side of that mountain. You see people, you know, you see their dogs, and they're just trying, and they're trudging up them steps. You know, it's not that they, they were in this trial that they couldn't do. They were in this trial they were pressing through. And I believe that's what God really wants us to get through, that we press through the trials, that we don't lay down and take it, but we keep going, amen? You put your head down and you just keep going forward. You just keep pressing through. It's just like when you're on that treadmill and the burn is so bad, you feel like, I'm not going to make it, but you just keep going. I still got two more minutes. And you got some gym rat yelling at you, go, you can do it, you can do it, go, go. Give me one more, give me one more minute. And you're like, I can't do it, I can't. You're crying, you're pushing, you're trudging, and you come out of it what? You come out of it stronger. Yeah, I did it. That's how God wants us to go through these trials, these tribulations that are coming against us. He wants us to press through. He wants us to put our hand to the plow and not look back, amen? amen? He wants us to go. Putting your eyes on Jesus in the midst of the trial so that you may endure till you're made perfect and complete and needing nothing. That's the plan. It does not mean you're sinless. It, it does not mean... The idea of being fully developed, it means, it does mean the idea of being fully mature and developed in the Lord. God's maturing us. He's developing us, amen? And, and this, this just takes walking in the fruit of the Spirit that has been imparted to us. I look out here at my sister Shar here today. Hallelujah. She's been through some great trials, but she's endured. She does it with joy when I see her. I'm sure there's tears in a moment, you know, but... She keeps pressing through. Amen? And, you know, and I think they're not here today because Char, I mean, um, Tommy and Carol, 
go through some things. You know, she's really been going through things with Tommy's health. And so when, she, when they're here, you know, it, it's a good day. But it's a trial. And she doesn't give up on Tommy. She doesn't push him off the pinnacle. <laughs> but she helps him. She ministers to him. And every time I see her, even in the midst of tears, there's joy. I think little Shirley Dorsett, she's 91, going to be 92. She can't make it to church right now. She's got some issues. But every time I go over to her house, man, we have a laugh fest. She does it with such joy. And that just keeps her going. She just laughs and laughs. And I'm like, man, I'm happy just coming to see you. And it is truly a joy to go and see her. You ought to go see her. She'd love your visit. I know she would. You said, well, she doesn't answer the phone. She can't hear the phone. Just pound on the door. That's what I have to do. I pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. Leave my car and call me. Joy. I asked Ed today, I said, when does joy come? In, in the morning. Yes! <laughs> Joy comes in the morning, amen? And we are a Sunday morning. As we're walking in the fruit of the Spirit of joy. I know we're going through trials. I know there's tribulations. But I know this. God is with us. God is with us. So let's run with endurance. Doesn't mean you can't cry. Just means when you cry, dry your tears and get up and keep going. Because I know we all shed tears at times or two because it, it, it's tough. But then through the midst of the tears, I know that he's with you. I know that he's capturing your tears in a bottle. I know that he's for you and not against you. I know that no one can snatch you out of his hand. I know that God's resurrection power is inside of you to resurrect you and give you strength. And I know that in the midst of this trial, you're being perfected. And he's renewing your strength. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we thank you for your love. That, Lord, you love us all so much that you sent Jesus to die for us. And I pray, Father God, that out of that love, Lord, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit that you've put in us, Lord, and we're talking about this joy and patience today, God, would be at work inside of us. That, Lord, that we could be joyful in the midst of what we're going through, and we'd maintain that joy by being with you, by walking in the Spirit. And I pray, Father God, that we would be patient, Lord, be patient with one another, Lord, that we would win people, that we could bring people along in the journey that you've brought us through. Father, I love you so much, and I thank you for these people of God. Maybe you're here today, and you say, Pastor Ron, I've been struggling with joy and patience, and I, I just ask that you pray for me today. If that's you, just raise your hand and wave at me today. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Father, you've seen all these hands, Lord. And Lord, some of them, I know what their trials are, what they're going through, and I, I just join with them, Father. And I pray, Lord, that your joy would remain full in them today, God. 
that, Lord, that they see it from a new view, Father God, through the eyes of our Savior. They see you at work, Father God, to do a new thing. And, Father God, that we'd be patient with each other. Lord, that we wouldn't condemn somebody because they haven't changed like we thought they should. They, they haven't gotten to where we, we thought they should be. So, Lord, I pray your patience and joy, which comes from your love, would just fill each one of us today. That we'd be encouraged from being in your presence every day. We'd be encouraged that your joy is new every morning, Lord. I pray, Father God, that your joy would strengthen every person here today to be all that we can be in Christ Jesus. We love you, Father. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. And we pray for those that are missing today, Lord, that you just touch them. Lord, those that are battling physical, Father God, touch them and heal them today, God. Lord, let that resurrection power be dispatched, that they be renewed in you. Father, let our hearts be renewed constantly in you today. Let us be joyful, joyous, joyfully living this life. Cover every person, God. We love you so much and we thank you, Lord, that you haven't discarded us when we've lost it, when we've lost our patience or we've lost our joy, but you keep drawing us to you you keep filling us, and I pray that you fill every person here today. Your joy, Lord, your joy, your joy, your joy, your joy, God, your joy, your patience, overflowing, Father. Let it rain down in this house. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand today, huh? Hallelujah.